Welcome to Blood, Guts, and Coffee. Welcome to Blood, Guts, and Coffee, where I talk and you listen. This is episode 16, and I am your host, Jordan. Not saying my last name. Um, that clip was, if you couldn't figure it out, was from 1981's classic sequel, Halloween 2, directed by Rick Rosenthal. And it's a sequel to the 1978 ultimate classic, my one of my favorite horror movies if not my favorite horror movie halloween uh not to be confused with the the uh, halloween the rob zombie halloween too not that you would i guess from that description i just gave um yeah i wanted to i wanted to talk about halloween too because i wanted to revisit what i had talked about in i think it's my fifth episode titled you don't believe in the boogeyman you know, believe in the boogeyman? Question mark. Um, I rewatched the the okay. So that episode was I <clears throat> put that episode out after I went and seen uh, the 2018 Halloween movie, which when I saw it, I was I was pretty impressed by it. And there's a lot of impressive parts about it, but I rewatched it, and it's mostly just nostalgic. I think. The music was good. The death scenes were over the top. Not that, you know, I'm complaining I, you know, love a good gory horror movie, but in the context of Halloween, it seemed a little like, you know, if it's supposed to be just a direct sequel to the original Halloween movie, then, I don't know, the original Halloween movie wasn't very gory. It didn't need to be. It just terrified you for what it was. There was, like, barely even any blood in it at all. There was, like... The only time I can think of there being blood was when he killed his sister at the beginning of a movie, and when uh, you see that uh, truck driver who he'd killed um, and uh, taken his uh, coveralls, and there's a little tiny bit of blood on the guy, like, barely even visible. I don't even know if it was visible if you watched it, the original VHS cut of it. But, so, I don't know. I rewatched the new one, and on upon second viewing, I don't know. It's not as great as I originally had said. And it's something I kind of feel guilty about. Like, I, I should have watched it a second time before even talking about it at all. I guess I was just all excited about it, and I was really anticipating it, really. I was waiting for it, like, all year. Well, ever since they had first released the trailer, like, six months earlier before that. So, like, um, yeah, like, you know, there's parts of it that are really good, but it took itself way too seriously, I think. And, I don't know, I, I guess I was just too close to it and too big of a fan to really think about that, or, I don't know. So I want to talk about Halloween 2, the original sequel, which now I I do think is the better sequel. I like it because it picks up it picks up right where the the first movie ends, like literally. They they even actually if you uh 
watch if you rewatch it or watch it, um, if you notice that they actually reshot a bit of the end of the original movie, so it kind of fit better, I guess. I don't know why. I don't know why they would just wouldn't make the sequel fit, like make Halloween two fit the first one better. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. And it's just it's it's a classic horror movie in its own right. I feel like it's it. Uh, has just, I think it has a great atmosphere to it. The only thing that bugs me is that they they like it kind of bugs me is that they they updated the um, the soundtrack. I guess you, I don't know if you have to. If that's a thing that you just you, you're supposed to do in a sequel is re-record with you know different instruments, but a bit of a different sound, but keep the original theme music. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to work, but. The um, Halloween two theme music, it's it's just a little, I don't know, I don't know what what I'd call it, like campy, um, like almost silly sounding in a way, I don't know. But yeah, I've been a big fan of Halloween two since I was a kid. I remember walking all the way to the video store to rent it because it was like the only Halloween movie I had never seen. Like, I think, or maybe the, no, I think the second and the fifth one, those were like the last ones I hadn't seen before. And I uh, remember walking all the way to the video store on like a fall day and renting it. And I was like so excited and brought it over to a friend's house. Or I think I brought it over to this girl's house who like we always hung out at our house. And so a bunch of us, you know, watched it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have fond memories of that movie. Um, compared to the first movie, it just kind of, it's a sequel. It's not, doesn't surpass it, but it doesn't, it still does it justice in a way. And then I always kind of liked how Halloween H2O was sort of the sequel to that because it was Halloween H2O was a reboot itself. And it, uh, so it took out the fourth, fifth and sixth movie, third movie, not counting anyways. And, uh, I just need a drink of water. I'm not having coffee right now because I'm recording this at uh, quarter to one in the morning. Uh, I guess it would be technically Monday morning. <coughs> um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Halloween H Show was a direct sequel to that and a reboot in, in the franchise in a way that they were trying to get rid of Halloween 4, 5, and 6, which a lot of people call the Thorn Trilogy because it ends up with the thorn cult in the sixth movie. Um, which, don't get me wrong, I like those movies too. I like the original series, uh, except for Halloween Resurrection, which is actually kind of funny. I didn't know this, and I just found this out, that uh, Rick Rosenthal directed Halloween Resurrection, which is kind of it's kind of sad that he, he did a really good Halloween movie before, and then directed a shitty movie. And I don't know if that was his fault, the studio, whoever wrote the movie, or if it was just the times. It was the early 2000s. And the whole movie is based around a fucking like web series that, that wasn't a big thing at the time or was maybe becoming a big thing, but not quite yet. And it was like reality TV web series. I don't know. And uh, yeah, that was just a, that was a terrible movie. That's the only one like... I think I rewatched it one time since it came out and was just like, good God, this is awful. 
I just, I don't know. It, it even started off okay, and then it just got lame. And when you got, I think I've said this before, when you have Buster Rhymes fucking karate kicking Michael Myers, like, uh, you've, you've ruined the movie at that point. But, um, yeah, Halloween 2 is just, I don't know. I always found it terrifying when I was a kid because I always liked how it was, it was in that hospital. You never knew where he was. You know, he could be in any room. He could be anywhere in the hospital. And then, like, at first you, you keep seeing him in the background, like when the nurses are talking, you see him, like, standing in, like, a room with a window, and you can just see him in the back. And, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I found that terrifying as a kid, and it, I still find it very entertaining now, even though I know who's behind or where he is and, you know, who's going to die and... I'm sorry, I'm very unorganized with this episode. I didn't, uh, I wasn't even going to do an episode, and I was just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, I'll do one. Uh, I didn't do one last weekend, because I honestly didn't really even feel like it. I was just not feeling the inspiration. And this week I sort of am. And that and, uh, I have family visiting next weekend, so I didn't think I was going to be able to do an episode next weekend. You never know, though. I might be able to, but... I doubt it. Anyways, um, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, actually, there's there's a there's a little while ago where I was considering collecting um, horror movie memorabilia. Actually, I have a bit a bit of a collection. I have a signed uh, Jason mask, signed by the very first person to play Jason, and that's not Jason in Friday Thirteenth Part Two. That is the Jason that jumps out of the water at the girl who's like who's in the boat at the end of the very first Friday Thirteenth movie, he signed a mask. My uh, brother-in-law gave it to me, and uh, yeah. So I, before I got that though, I was considering because I looked on eBay, and you can I think almost find you can find pretty much every Halloween mask from each movie because they're all different, like slightly different in you know ways, right? The first mask being a William Shatner mask that they had painted white, dyed the hair brown, and cut the eye holes to make bigger. Um, and you know, the, in the fourth movie, I forget what where the what the story of the mask is. The fifth movie, however, um, I found out something very cool, and I would love to collect the mask from that movie. And I've seen it on eBay. I just don't have the money to spend on on a collection at the moment but um uh in the fifth movie uh the mask is actually the face of uh, <coughs> a uh, famous special effects and makeup artist uh who's done special effects and makeup in pretty much fucking any horror movie you can think of uh past like 1988 or something like that even before that but mo- most of them have been done by this guy or his company, uh, Greg Nicotero. He did the special effects in Halloween 5, and he made the mask, and he molded it from his own face. And I thought that was pretty cool. So I'd like to own that because, I don't know, I consider him a pretty cool person. Um, I forgot, I can't remember the name of the documentary. There was a documentary with him talking about his company and the history of him and his friends, and like he was like... Um, he was... Um, 
kind of helped out a lot getting into the industry by Tom Savini, who is, you know, a legend in the industry, who did the special effects for Friday 13th, uh, part one and part four, which I've said before is my favorite Friday 13th movie, uh, did the special effects for Day of the Dead, uh, Evil Dead 2, and I think on, on those movies he had Greg Nicotero come and work with him, so anyways, but, um, the uh, so the the story of the mask in Halloween two is um, it's the exact the mask that you see in the movie is the exact same mask from the first Halloween movie, but apparently what happened is because uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill they they weren't planning on making a sequel, they had never even considered it, and so when the movie wrapped and everything, uh, they gave Deborah Hill the mask. And she just brought it home, kept it in her apartment, and uh, and she, it, so it's out there for like three years or something like that, two or three years until they made Halloween two in nineteen eighty one, um, and she, I guess, smoked a lot in her apartment. So that's why when you watch Halloween two, you'll see that the mask is all brown and stuff, and that's why. Um, and uh, so I don't know that'd be a cool thing to collect. I mean, I obviously want to collect the first one, and then the second one. And there's also the fourth movie. I'd collect that mask, but then there's a there's a story behind one of the masks in the fourth movie. There's a scene in a schoolhouse. Well, you only see it for just a sec. You see Michael Myers, and his face, his hair looks blonde, and his face looks pink. And it's because they lost. I forget how it went. They like lost the mask, and they ordered a new one. But when they got it it wasn't painted right and then they but they had to shoot the scene anyways and so for a second in the movie you see him he has a pink mask i think they tried to light it differently so maybe you wouldn't see it but i mean when when we were kids we saw it we were watching that with a friend when we were like i don't know in grade five or something i'm like wait was he was his face pink there and then like the next scene it's not so um yeah i don't know that'd be a fun collection be creepy uh, I don't know. I always think Michael Myers' mask is the creepiest serial killer horror movie mask there is. Just because it's not, you know, it's not a monster mask. It's not a goalie mask. It's just this plain white face. And that's just like, you know, makes you feel like it could just be anybody under there. He could look any way, but his face is all perfect. You know, like it's his face is emotionless. And I don't know. I find that terrifying. Um, so yeah, uh, if you haven't ever seen Halloween 2, 1981, I suggest you watch it, because it's just a good slasher movie, and, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Sorry, it's such a boring episode. Sorry to my, uh, three or four listeners out there. Um, also, another thing I wrote down was, uh, I really, really, really hope anybody listening to this has watched that show on Netflix, Love, Death, and Robots. Holy fuck. That is a fucking amazing show. It is... I've watched it all in like a night. It's 18 episodes. Some episodes are six minutes long. I think the longest one's 17 minutes long. Incredible. Like, it's like... I don't know. It's like Black Mirror meets Rick and Morty meets Beowulf like it's 
it, it just like, I don't know, it has a bit of everything in it. But the, uh, so, and episode, most of the episodes are animated differently. Some are actually like anime, um, but a lot of them are computer animated. And holy fuck, if they don't look so real, some of them, like, there's one episode where there's a girl in one episode, and I kept like, I kept looking at like, is she real or not? Like, I can't tell. Like, because she just, they look so real, some of them. It's like un, uncanny how real they look. But, um, oh, the, the show just has everything. Like, it's just like episodes in space, episodes of monsters, alternate realities. Uh, I don't want to say too much without giving it away, like, for somebody who hasn't seen it yet, but it's just, it's so cool. The, you know, the title says everything love death and robots it's just you know if you're into sci-fi and horror and gore and r-rated things you know there's also a lot of nudity in it um both you know female nudity and lots of penises which you know unfavorable but what are you gonna do but uh yeah if you haven't seen that yet check that out on netflix that is fucking awesome um yeah, that's really all I had to say in this episode. I wasn't really planning on it being a super long one. Um, I'm trying to figure out what to do with... See, I I play music every every one of my episodes, and I've decided to tone it down with that. I was playing two songs an episode. Uh, now I'm going to, only going to play one. And I was thinking maybe eventually not playing any except for my own. Like... Like that, like I said in my last episode, that uh, intro, that's that's me. That's me playing guitar. And my wife saying, welcome to Blood, Guts, and Coffee. Because I've been seeing people post things on the Anchor, um, on the Anchor community on Facebook about playing music. And I don't know. I've, I've seen things, but people getting in trouble and stuff like that. And like, I haven't gotten in trouble. I haven't gotten any email saying cease and desist or anything like that. And if I do, then I'll stop. I just, I don't know. I like to play music because maybe uh, it's more exciting than what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know. And just if anyone's out there who's feeling musically adventurous and would like to hear something maybe they run into or, or, or you know, never heard before. I don't know. It's like, I don't play things that are, like, that obscure, I don't think. Not really. Like, I don't know, most people know Queens of the Stone Age is, like, play a shitload of their music but uh i don't know i'm a big music fan and i and it's pretty much like 95 percent rock music be it punk rock or whatever like it's i just i i don't know i wish i liked music that was i don't know or i don't really wish i liked music that was more popular or i just don't keep up to date with things like that like i don't i don't care i've I don't care about hip-hop music all that much. It's not like that I don't like it. I just, I don't... There are very few hip-hop artists that I listen to. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a guitar player, so I like I like listening to things with guitar in it <laughs> for the most part. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, eventually I'll... Eventually maybe I'll record some outro music. But until then, I'm just going to... Till then, or till I get in trouble for putting people's songs. Like, okay. The other reason is, like, when I was younger, I'd always, like, I'd always uh, thought it'd be cool to have my own radio show. 
I even almost went to school for radio broadcasting. I got accepted, and then I just decided not to go because I didn't really want to make a commitment to it and have to owe, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So I decided not to. And little did I know that I, you know, a few years down the road, you'd have the, the technology to be able to just, you know, do it from home, like like I'm doing right now, to be able to talk into a microphone and then put it out for people to listen to. Uh, which is better than radio station because this can reach all over the world. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that's what, another reason I play music. I'm no radio DJ. I, w- I, I don't know. Uh, I know a lot about music, music history and stuff like that, mostly classic rock history. And uh, and I, I don't know, I like talking, so I always thought that I'd be good at it. I don't know if I am, but I'll keep trying. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what song I'm going to play. I'll find something. It'll be a surprise. Um, So, yeah, uh, this has been episode 16 of Blood, Guts, and Coffee, and stay bloody, my friends. Everything.
passenger He rides and he rides He sees things from under glass He looks through his window side He sees the things he knows are his He sees the bright and hollow sky He sees the city sleep at night He sees the stars are out tonight 